Welcome listeners to the Religious Studies Project. My name's Sean Connery, and I'm joined today by Gandalf the Grey. No, I'm Sean Connery. You're Gandalf the Grey, you great <laughs> Egypt. That is true. Um, that was a poor interpretation on my part. I'm Chris Cotter, joined as ever by David Robertson. Uh, I said last week that we are the Religious Studies Project, but we're we're not. No, we're we're not. We're at best the the figureheads. We're we're like a pair of carved wooden naked uh, mermaids on the front of this powerful ship steaming through the ocean that is the field of religion. Steaming naked wooden mermaids. I like it. Um, on the topic of steaming naked wooden mermaids. <laughs> Uh, or not. Um, Christian beauty pageants. How's that for a link? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, we've got an interview this week. Um, the first interview conducted by um, Chris Black for us um, with Chelsea Belanger on Christian beauty pageants. Colon, beauty is in the eye of the creator. Mm-hmm. I really like that title. Nice. I enjoyed listening to this interview and I'm sure you will too, listeners. Take it away, Chris. We're all aware of the Miss Universe pageant, Miss USA pageant, Miss America pageant. There's various systems of beauty pageants, but each are uniquely identifiable, different in some way. And my guest today is going to talk to us about Miss Christian America. Please welcome Chelsea Bellinger. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about your research background sure. and what brought you to this topic. Sure. So my name is Chelsea Bellinger. I'm a second-year doctoral student at the University of Central Florida. I got my bachelor's and my master's at the University of Texas at San Antonio, and my master's thesis encompassed race, religion, gender, and behavioral health. Uh, it was a qualitative study examining the relationship between religiosity and sexual health among devout African-American college women. And so it was a fascinating research research um, that I take a lot of pride in. It was a lot of fun, but what was really interesting is the creative way in which these women use their religious beliefs to navigate through their sexual decision-making. One of the main key points that emerged from this research uh, with respect to, you know, autonomy over our bodies is that while these women that I interviewed were devout Christians expressed that they have supportive views of women deciding what is best for their body, um, especially with respect to abortion. So while they supported abortion, they expressed or articulated that they themselves would never have an abortion because of their religious beliefs. I see. So it's the way that they negotiated that space. Absolutely. That space in terms of their religion, their right, views, right. their practices, but also being a woman, mm-hmm. being being an African-American woman and having those rights. It, it was fascinating. Just I, It was just a fascinating study. And do you see that same kind of synchronicity coming about with the beauty pageants, that there's this national sense of beauty or gender, right. as well as individual, but then again, collective on a religious basis? Right. So what we've seen, at least with respect to beauty pageants, is that there's a lot of religion being done. Unfortunately, there's scant research on Christian beauty pageants, 
but beauty pageants overall. Now I will say there's a lot of research on the Miss America pageant, but what's interesting here is that there's a multitude of different pageant systems such as Miss USA and Miss Christian America where this research is encompassed. Mm -hmm. You know, and to be honest, I didn't realize there was a Miss Christian America pageant. Me neither before this (laughs) research, indeed. But that's what makes it so fascinating is that there's these different pageant systems Uh that can really accommodate to anybody's needs, so to speak. Uh So I think that's what's, there's a major misconception in American society that there's just the Miss America pageant. And that's not the case. Okay. So which came first for you in your research question? The theory that you were looking at, so for instance, Christian Smith Mm -hmm. and maybe even Judith Butler, Mm -hmm. or was it this kind of noticing the different types of pageants going on and the religiosity associated with that? Well, certainly this research is going to encompass a lot of what I'm doing for my dissertation. So I, being a frequent viewer of beauty pageants, American beauty pageants, I was really inspired to focus on this area because there's such limited research on beauty pageants, Mm -hmm. not just Miss America. So I really wanted to focus on, okay, what is it about beauty pageants and gender that I want to focus on? And religion is something that I love studying. So I really wanted to look at how is religion being used in these beauty pageants. Mm -hmm. So it was really, that was the foundation of the study. And then looking at what theoretical frameworks are most appropriate for the study. Mm -hmm. And that's where I came across subcultural identity theory. Now, I will say I had a lot of help with um, Dr. John Barkowski, who helped me along this, who was also my thesis advisor. Oh, great. Great shout out. So tell me a little bit more about that theory and how that uh, helps your research. Right. So I'm looking at Christian Smith's um, cultural identity theory where religious subcultures balance the demands of cultural distinction and social engagement. So in other words, looking at this negotiating um, mainstream values and religious values. So with respect to this work, looking at Miss Christian America, it's a beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. You know, women are competing in this pageant, very similar to mainstream secular pageants, but what makes it uniquely different are the the structure, but also the requirements for this pageant as well. In terms of the structure, there is no swimsuit portion Mm. in the Miss Christian America, but rather a sportswear competition. So that's kind of deviating from Mm -hmm. mainstream, whereas the mainstream pageants like Miss USA has a swimsuit portion of the competition. And with respect to the pageant requirements, For Miss Christian America, we see that contestants in this pageant must be active in ministry. They also have to have reference letters from one pastor and immediate ministry uh, leader as well, which makes them stand out significantly from the mainstream pageant. So Mm -hmm. we see with respect to the subcultural identity theories, how religion is being practiced in these pageants that may exhibit main mainstream um, characteristic. Mm-hmm. So for my ear, it sounds like it's evangelically focused because Very women, given, yes. okay, women in ministry is not available in every denomination. Right, right. And that's 
what's interesting about this particular pageant is that the way in which I was studying this beauty pageant, it seemed as though as long as the contestants identified as being a, a, a Christian, that was also kind of this requirement to represent this particular mm-hmm. pageant at hand. Whereas the mainstream pageant, Miss, U, Miss USA, there is no religious component right. whatsoever, <laughs> whatsoever, whether you're actively driven by your faith or not. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I found interesting is that I seem to hear this correlation between fitness. So having to wear sports attire Mm -hmm. and then being judged physically fit in that sense, but no pictures, but then also being judged as spiritually fit, being inner beauty. You mentioned something about this inner type of drivenness and religiosity. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you found that this idea of fitness in some way? Right. So I saw in terms of physical fitness, this particular uh, Miss Miss Christian America really reinforces the characteristics of a godly woman. And so with this idea of um, sports where it's just really maintaining modesty and, you know, foregoing any kind of cleavage that you might see in any swimsuit competition. So really reinforcing this inner beauty. What's really interesting about the Miss Christian America is their mission statement. Um, and it says no to swimsuits and vain beauty. Yes to the word of God, prayer, praise, worship, and inner beauty. So it really reinforces that evangelical component. Yeah. Okay, great. Also, you mentioned seeing this type of religiousness or godly woman being mm-hmm. reflected in some way throughout the pageant. Tell me more about that. Yes. So again, what makes this um, pageant so unique is kind of the requirements, if you will. So for the um, contestant application form, contestants for this pageant have to name uh, their church, the number of years in which they've attended this church, and attend weekly Bible studies. So that was like a yes or no response. Also, the competition categories that very vastly with the mainstream pageant is outreach ministry presentations, biblical question and answer, which is very similar to like the onstage question that you see in the mainstream. But this one particularly is a biblically based question. And then again, the sportswear competition. Also, what's interesting is the title, title holder responsibilities that are encompassed. And again, we see this comparative component where both uh, pageants have responsibilities for their title holders. But what's interesting about Miss Christian America is the evangelicalism that she must partake in as a title holder representing Miss Christian America. In addition to that, that encompasses missionary work, upholding the morals and standards of Miss Christian, the Miss Christian America pageant. So again, maintaining or exuding those characteristics of a godly woman. So do you see that part of that being a godly woman encompasses idealized gender roles and things like with the Miss America pageant, you have to be in never married, never given birth. 
Is that same type of thing reinforced here? Yes. Yeah, so we certainly we see a lot of comparisons with mainstream secular pageants and this and this particular uh, pageant, Miss Christian America. We see that both pageants, Miss USA and Miss Christian America, really promote women's confidence and self-esteem mm. and the importance of community involvement. In addition to that, we see a lot of overlap between the two competitions, such as the pageant interview with a panel of judges. Um, uh, the opening number, which is commonly done in the beginning of the pageant, this is when you're first introduced to mm-hmm. the contestants on stage. The evening where there's no talent competition in either one of these pageants, whereas in Miss America, you see that there's a talent uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to to what you were saying in terms of uh, never married, single, never given birth, those are two requirements of both pageants, mm-hmm. both the Miss USA and Miss Christian America. The contestant has to be single, never married. And the contestant also has to be female, a, a natural born female. In addition to that, she can not have given birth at any point. Okay. So those are really, um, those are just similar um, characteristics between the two. In addition to that, community involvement is very much reinforced in both these pageants. Title holders or um, the winners of these pageants win a crown and sash. And oftentimes you'll see on their sash is the title in which they're representing. So Miss USA, Miss Christian America. And again, the title holder responsibilities, which, as we talked about before, varies, but still yeah. maintains those, so, those responsibilities. Yeah. And you just mentioned a sash. And I had... Kind of this question. So in the Miss America pageant, we're used to seeing like Miss Texas, yes. you know, Miss South Carolina. Yes. Do they identify in that type of way? Do they, is it like Miss Lutheran? That's a great <laughs> question. From what I saw, no. Again, and I can only go off what I've seen on the Miss Christian America pageant. Um, I did not see if there were women that identified, if they identified as Lutheran, that's what the sash would say as they competed. I didn't see that, so I'm going to assume no, I could be corrected. But again, as long as you identified as being Christian. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but we just wanted to let you know to remind you about our Patreon link. Uh, The Religious Studies Project has always been free since its inception, um, but we know that there's a great problem in academia with uh, people not being paid for the work that they're expected to do, particularly early career scholars. And we at the RSP want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So you can help if you can spare even one pound a month um, by going to patreon.com slash Project RS and subscribing. We know that these podcasts are very useful for people who are teaching and people in their learning. So if you can help um, either by subscribing there or by making a one-off donation using the PayPal button on our website, it would be greatly appreciated and will help us keep bringing you this podcast for free and fight against exploitation in academia. But now, back to the episode. So it's really more of an umbrella type of exactly, identification. Exactly. That's how I interpret it. Okay. Yes, indeed. And how is race represented in this? That's an excellent question. So we've seen historically in American beauty pageants, we've seen this pattern of white women mm-hmm. typically competing, but also winning these pageants. Right. What's unique about this particular pageant is a large presence of African-American women competing in Miss uh, Christian America from what I've seen on their website. And so that's also kind of this difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly we've seen over time um, recently the um, the 
crowning of diverse women and really reinforcing diversity in mainstream beauty pageants. But for this particular pageant, I've seen that there's a large, uh, a larger population of African-American women competing and representing this, this pageant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. And then do you think that there's some kind of reflection going on in the pageants of what's going on in mainstream society about the rising evangelicalism. Is that contributing? Do you do you have any sense of how big the pageant is? Has it been growing lately? Right. What's- Overall, that's a really good question that I don't think I'm prepared to answer just <laughs> okay, yet. Okay, that's good. But my assumption is that, you know, unfortunately... American society may view beauty pageants negatively. Right. You know, and I hope my research reinforces some sort of shift in in perception of how we view beauty pageants, right? Uh So I really, I I don't know in terms of the uh, enrollment or participation of these beauty pageants over time, but certainly, hopefully there's a shift that shows that beauty queens are not just a pretty face. There's so much more than that, regardless of the beauty pageant that you're competing in. Mm -hmm. There's that community involvement. Um, But also within the pageant is the sisterhood that's being created, these bonds and relationships. Mm -hmm. But also with respect to religion, how's religion being essentially being done in these pageants. Right. And from my own experience, backstage is where you see a lot of these, of religion being practiced, practice. whether you're competing in a secular pageant or a Christian-driven pageant, you see, it wouldn't be uncommon to see competitors just before getting on stage praying with each other, regardless of your faith, but just praying that everything goes well and praying with each other. Um, whereas once you step out on stage, that they're then your competition. <laughs> but once you step up, it's a sisterhood again. And I think that's the importance of just participating in a beauty pageant. And yes, there's the sash and the crown, but also the bonds, the friendship, the confidence that can come your way yeah. um, competing in these pageants. So I hope my work can really explore that. Yeah. Well, and that's great because I was kind of wondering about this idea of a collective versus the individual. Mm-hmm. And religion is such a collective idea. Yeah. And how do how does that be, uh, how could that be reconciled? Or is that just taken into account? Is there a way that that's negotiated somehow? Certainly. So we've seen, um, at least in the Miss America, it's not uncommon to see, you know, title holders talk about their faith, even though Miss America is not a religious pageant, we've mm-hmm. certainly seen over time how contestants representing their states may kind of talk about their faith and yeah. how they practice their faith, so yeah. to speak. So certainly, I wouldn't say it's completely erased from secular pageants just because they don't have a religiously driven component in these pageants. Who's to say these women aren't, you know, right. uh, driven by their faith, right. right? But it's just not as apparent. It's not as apparent, but okay. certainly, I guess it's up to the contestant if they want to talk about right. their faith. And sure. it certainly has been displayed in previous years. Yeah. What's the most interesting thing you've discovered? With respect to this research. Right. So much. I think I've gained an even greater respect for pageants, just exploring pageants. And I'm so intrigued by how religion is being displayed in the Miss Christian America pageant. Prior to this research, I had never heard of the Miss Christian America pageant. But looking into it and seeing what they stand for and just the way in which they're promoting their, their faith, you know, is intriguing, especially somebody that 
studies the sociology of religion. Right. I'm intrigued by that. So, uh, and just seeing how they navigate through that negotiation right, right. of secular pageants and what they're going to take from those secular pageants and how they're going to incorporate their unique, their that unique component to facilitate their mm-hmm. religion. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that some denominations might resonate differently. Right. Like if you have a, a very idealized gender role type of model yeah. to follow, that might be a little different experience than one that's a little more fluid. Right, right. Certainly, you know, in any beauty pageant, main, mainstream, what have you, you're going to have to exhibit these particular gender right. roles in terms of the makeup and, you know, heels and uh-huh. hairspray. <laughs> And what have you. So I certainly see that being um, practiced here, but I think it's so much more than that, you know, in in terms of the sisterhood that's being created, mm-hmm. but also what's, what's being done for these contestants, win or lose, right. which I don't think there's any losers in pageantry, you gain something, yeah. um, whether it's self-confidence, it's friendships, what have you, or just trying something new, mm-hmm. certainly there's definitely these generals that are in place, but there's so much more, so much that can be taken out of this mm-hmm. as well from this experience. Right. Would you say that this could be a faith experience for some of them? I think so. I think so. I could, again, I could be wrong, but <laughs> in terms of the Miss Christian America, I think it could really reinforce or it does reinforce that commitment mm-hmm. to their faith and you know, really strengthening their religious beliefs and practices right, right. with the outreach of ministry. And, you know, the one of the competition categories, like I said, was this biblical question and answer. So really preparing because this is a competition. There's a panel of judges. You're going to be judged. So really just that preparation that's encompassed in this particular pageant and how preparing, preparing for those categories, but also strengthening mm-hmm. one's, you know, faith. Yeah. And that, and that's kind of how I just listening to you talk about it. It seems like it could be a, a faith enhancing or yes, religious indeed, experience. Indeed. So maybe just going back to Christian Smith, just for a minute, tell me a little bit about how you're applying that theory. Right. So, um, We're looking at, in subcultural identity theory, we're looking at religious subcultures balancing the demands of cultural distinction and social engagement. So how is the Miss Christian America negotiating kind of this cultural distinction and social engagement compared to a more secular pageant, Miss USA. So that's why you compared both of those pageants. Yes, yeah. So this was really um, a comparative textual um, analysis between the two pageants. But in addition to that, we're kind of looking at the unique religious identity compared to the broader secular pageant. So looking at that religious identity and what's coming about um, that, but also looking at the evangelicalism that being brought forth in this research. So looking at the truthful of um, the truthfulness of the Bible, so looking at values of scripture. So how is that being displayed in this pageant? Sinfulness of human nature. So looking at the mainstream culture. So going back to, you know, the swimsuit competition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so forth. And then finally, the experience of born again experience. So the, really the salvation of such oh, interesting. Faith. So it's really interesting how this pageant is negotiating, you know, these religious values Mm -hmm. and borrowing from mainstream beauty pageants. 
something that I talked about in this presentation was this idea of perception or borrowing of mainstream and really using it and navigating through okay mm-hmm. the religious values and the mainstream values. Yeah. So again, that on stage question, right? But in the sense of the biblical question and answer. So these two are really being interspersed rather than juxtaposed. Is mm-hmm. that I think so. Yes, absolutely. So again, just going back to how they're very uniquely similar, but also Mm -hmm. vastly different. But in the end, somebody's going to be crowned a title holder. (laughs) So they're so similar in many ways, but vastly different in other ways with respect to religion. Fascinating. Fascinating. So if anyone has a question, is there a way that they could contact you? Would you have your, is, yes. is your work published somewhere that we could access Not it? as of yet. This research is part of a larger research study that I'm wanting to do for my dissertation. And so I'm really still brainstorming, but I know I want to conduct this this research on pageantry because again, such scant literature is out there Mm -hmm. on pageantry. So I really want to change that. I'm inspired to change that. So I really want to maintain, um, I'm a qualitative researcher. And so I really want to look at kind of the motivations, why women choose to compete in beauty. Yeah. I really want to explore that. Is it to make friends? Is it to gain self-confidence? Is it to um, get scholarship money? Uh Or is it just to win a crown? Right. And there's so many ways that, you know, that can be reinforced. So Mm -hmm. I want to explore reasons why women choose to compete. But as a uh, researcher that's fascinated by religion, I want to also look at maybe how religion is being displayed. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really focusing on a particular pageant, but I really want to interview former title holders, Uh but also former beauty pageant contestants as well. And just explore or investigate, you know, why they chose to compete. Mm -hmm. And then were there any ways in which they use their religion through that experience, whether it was praying right before going on stage or, you know, carrying a cross or wearing a cross Mm -hmm. while they competed Mm -hmm. you know i really want to explore that see what that means yeah so this is a whole new uh, way to think of lived religion yes and the experience in religion indeed and going back to your your question before certainly if anybody has a question they can reach out to me through email my email is chelsea.bellinger at nights k-n-i-g-h-t dot u-c-f dot e-d-u okay and we'll post that on the website as well thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure likewise thank you for we look forward yeah we look forward to reading your book once you turn your dissertation into a book (laughs) yes yes i look forward and and, and i'll re-interview you then yes (laughs) sounds good thank you so much thank you thanks so much chris and thanks to chelsea bellinger for taking part in the RSP. So next week, we have another uh, returning interviewer, uh, one of our new team. It's Carmen Celestini. He's been speaking with Wendy Fletcher, Religion, Multiculturalism, and the Quest for Belonging in Canada and Beyond. It's uh, you know, a wide-ranging interview, uh, talking about a lot of sort of important issues. And, you know, I, 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 again, enjoyed it, but, you know, find myself bristling at a couple of points, particularly towards the end, so our listeners might too, but it's part of the contemporary debate, and it's important to to be aired, and I know that, um, well, you know, yeah, it it, it will stir excellent debate, um, but the the whole interview is is very important. And, Um, yeah, we've been, we've had a a bit of a focus as we grow our interviewer team and and, uh, 
you know, improve our global coverage, you know, these kind of issues um, are coming up a lot more than I think if it was just Chris and I still doing all the interviews, which is, it's good. It's important that the, the project continues to, to broaden, but also casting spotlights on the situation in each of, uh, you know, in these different parts of the world is, is a very important thing to do. And this is part of that ongoing. Exactly. So come back for that. Keep checking out our regular responses. Well, around about now, it's sort of abstract submission time. I know certainly for AAR and things like that. Um, remember by the BASR conference at Leeds Trinity coming up, um, you can submit abstracts right now for that, I think, if you want, although we'll all be close to the deadline as usual, I'm sure. You know, just keep trucking on with whatever you're doing at the moment. We're in that sort of... The doldrums to return to the to the uh, metaphor from the beginning of the show. Well, that, yeah, that's a better metaphor than I pushed it into. Thanks for listening. The Religious Studies Project is sponsored by the British Association for the Study of Religions, the North American Association for the Study of Religion, and the International Association for the History of Religions. The RSP is produced by the Religious Studies Project Association, SCIO, a Scottish charitable incorporated organisation, charity number SCO 47750. Brought to you by founders and editors-in-chief Chris Cotter and David Robertson and our managing editor Thomas J. Coleman III. Our features are edited by Jonathan Tuckett and our opportunities digest by Ella Bock. Podcast transcription by Helen Bradstock with audio editing by Gregory Schneider and Samuel Ward. Social media managed by Ray Radford and sales and marketing by Sammy Bishop. Don't forget you can support the project by using our amazon.com.co.uk and .ca links or donating at patreon.com slash projectrs. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, iTunes and other portals. <laughs>